From the Student Ministry Center in the heart of Trucksville, Pennsylvania, it's Apex Tonight with Pastor Chris! Tonight, join Pastor Chris and his guest, missionary with Compassion Link Ministries, Sam DiTrulio, and featuring the legendary Apex Worship! Well, there's a huge difference between relief work and development work. Okay, tell and us. The way I, I would describe it would be like relief work is like you have a friend who's not saved, right? And so you bring them to church, right? They get saved and then that's it, right? But the next step is very important, which is development, mm. right? Which is the discipleship of that new believer because they have all these questions, you know? Yeah. And to do discipleship, you really have to build relationship. Right. When we look at relief work, that's like in the Bahamas right now. They just got hit by this hurricane, which decimated the country. They don't need people to build them uh, necessarily like schools and aquaponic systems. They really need food and clean water. Sure. So organizations like Convoy of Hope mm -hmm. come in and they give out food and water to help keep people alive. Right. Because they need relief from their situation right, right now. But after a year, even five years, really, they don't need relief anymore. That's going to create dependency, right? They need people who are willing to come in there and help build businesses to be able to help restore the life that, you know, used to exist. And that requires development and that requires partnership and uh, discipleship as well. That's really interesting. And, cool. and when I was, we were talking about what, so when we do an interview like this, the guiding question is, what is God speaking to you right now? And uh, be because the, the person that I'm interviewing is, is passionate about that particular thing at that moment, and it's always you know, something that God is speaking. So, so that will guide our discussion. And when I, we talked about what God was speaking to you, I was mm -hmm. like, that's sort of out of left field because I want to tell your story first. What are you doing? And then we're going to talk about what God is speaking to you right now. And, and I'm now putting together <laughs> why that makes so much sense. So share with us, what is God speaking to you right now? Definitely. So right now, I really feel like God is leading me to understand good stewardship, what stewardship looks like as a believer. And so when we really look at it, stewardship is about in what's been entrusted to you, hmm. right? So, you know, God has given you time. Yeah. He's given you finances. He's given you a healthy body, a healthy mind. He's giving you the ability to build relationships with people in school, you know, and yeah. in the workplace. Um, and when we look at it, it really is about being responsible with everything he's given you. If you have a talent playing an instrument, you know, using it all for his glory, you That's know, um, God has given me a passion for science and biology and fish, but also a business mind. And so I really feel like God is calling us as Christians to be really better with our personal finances um, just because so much of our culture has told us, you know, it's, it's all about living your best life now, right. you know, and uh, it's, it's about having the most glamorous, glitzy, you know, car, yeah. computer, phone, you know, because it's about appearance. But at the end of the day, you know, that's like the wheat and the chaff. That's all going to burn up anyways. Yeah. And really, it's those relationships that we're investing in, those people that we're choosing to get outside of our comfort zone to say, hey, man, you know, um, 
I know you're not a believer, but and I know you're dealing with this, that, and the other. And I want to tell you what God has done in my life in those areas and how he has changed me. And so that is really investing in people. Yeah. And that is discipleship right there. Um, it just seems like so much our culture is so consumed with consumerism, yeah. you know. Um, and it's all about having nice things. And there's nothing wrong with having nice things. I mean, here I'm in my studio, you know, here in New York City, and, you know, we got to pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But um, really, it's about, you know, your time and everything and, and social media. How much time are you spending on yeah. social media? You know, um, God is always talking to us, but if we're so distracted and we're so busy, we're not going to be able to hear his voice. Yeah, that's good. So you hit like a bunch of things that, and I'm glad you explained stewardship because that is a churchy word that, you know, it just means taking care of the things that God has given you. Um, And so you said stewarding finances, money, and people. And I kind of want to hit all of those, talk talk about them each a little bit. Um, Because when you said talking about money, um, that we, we want like this materialism idea, we want all the nice things. I think it's so interesting that, like so much of that is not about us. Like so much of the things that I buy and the people buy is about what I look like to other people, right? It's like about impressing other people and looking a certain way to other people. That's right. Yeah. I mean, I've heard it said, you know, when it comes to life in America, you know, we live with a lot of consumer debt, credit card debt. um, And the idea there is what I've heard people say is, um, you know, we buy things that we don't need, with money, you know, that we don't have to impress people yeah. who we don't even like. Yeah, I've heard that. You know? <laughs> um, but it's all about pulling up to that stoplight, you know, in, in a car you can't afford to impress total strangers who you may never see again. Yeah. You know? That is and, like, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, and, and I feel like the danger there is as Christians and people who are called to evangelize the world and to give money to missions and speed the light. And there's all these awesome opportunities to use our money, which is basically like time. Time is money, right? right. Our money and time to be a blessing and to further his kingdom. But if we live in debt and we can't afford to give, we've become ineffective. Mm, right? That's good. Yeah. Because like we live in a culture that doesn't they say borrow, you know, like borrow to go to school, borrow to have a car, borrow to have a house, borrow every time. It's like so normalized to borrow uh, when it really doesn't have to be, right? Like I have, I wish I could speak from experience, but I am like living, I'm, I'm speaking from I wish I hadn't, you know, I'm speaking from I was raised in a world that was like, it's so normal to borrow, everything's going to be fine. And now, like I'm looking at my bank account, like you said it was going to be fine. You're going to pay for this. <laughs> like, so exactly. we have this, how do we fight that? Like how, what is it that takes us from, this is what I've heard my whole life to, this is what is true. And this is what I'm seeing to be true now. Sure. Well, I would say um, really just getting back to what is the heart of God? What are the things that impress him? Yeah, it's about impressing great. him, right? He loves us no matter what. But he also, he wants us to be obedient with what he's given us and, um, and all that. And so really just kind of seeing like, what are my motivations for wanting to dress this certain way to buy this new cell phone? You know, it's like, well, what's really wrong with my other cell phone? You know, how can I get the most bang for my buck so that I can still 
you know, fulfill my faith promise I made in church to be able to support, you know, those missionaries and that, that project. Maybe you sponsor a kid monthly, you know, it's kind of just thinking beyond yourself and thinking in the light of eternity, thinking, yeah. you know, I really want to buy that new watch, but you know, is that really going to make me happy? Is that going to change right. me? I just think about, I support missionaries myself. And I think about all those people that someday I'm going to spend eternity with in heaven who I would love to, for them to be able to say, yes, Sam, you know, because you supported the missionary that reached us or because you gave that money so that the missionary could have a vehicle to reach us. You know, I'm here because I heard and I decided to make a choice, you know? That's so good. It's like part of it is like keeping your mind on like there's no way to live on earth without thinking about earth. You know, like we are to some degree, we're going to have to think about earth. But but how much are you thinking about temporary things and how much are you thinking about eternal things, thinking about God's things? Because we need to live in a balance that we are thinking way more about God than we are thinking about what other people think of us. Right. Well, and honestly, when we look at the materialistic issue, when we look at Jesus talking to the rich young ruler, right, in the, I forget yeah. where it is, it's probably in yeah. most of the Gospels, but the idea was, you know, he came to Jesus and he was super wealthy. And he said, you know, Master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, you know, Jesus said, you know, hey, basically, you got to keep the law, you know, are you honoring your parents, you know, all this stuff, are you giving to the poor? Yeah, yeah, I've done all those things for like, you know, yeah. since the beginning. And then Jesus said, okay, we'll sell everything you have, give to the poor and come and follow me. And the guy was dis- really disappointed because yeah, he walked away sad. He, he, so what was that? He walked away disappointed. He did because he had so much at stake. You know, when I, t- when I tell people, it's easy to tithe on $10 because that's just $1, you know, 10%. But when you look at $1 million, that's $100,000. You know, it's like the more you have, the more you feel like you have to lose. Yeah, yeah wow. Um, and it's just this vicious cycle. But if we're faithful with a little bit, we know that God, he, he knows he can trust us with more. Yeah. And one thing, too, the Holy Spirit's been speaking to me is um, his blessings are not always financial. Mm-hmm. You know, when we look at it, so many times, you know, we give $50 in the offering and we expect, okay, I'm at least going to get 50 bucks back, right? Um, and sometimes you do. But, you know, when you look at it, you think, well, when's the last time I had to go to the doctor? Yeah. You know, when's the last time I had some chronic illness that cost me a lot of money and really took away from my quality of life? You know, and then if you look at it, it's like, well, look at the richness I have. Look at how God has blessed my family. Look at the relationships I have in youth group at Apex. You know, look at the, the richness I have in having a youth pastor like Pastor Chris. You know, somebody who actually cared enough to prepare for Wednesday night, you know, to reach out for guest speaker, you know. <laughs> um, there's a lot of people who could be cutting corners. So um, we're just, we're so blessed. Really. Yeah, it's, it's like a skill to be looking for those things, to be like on the, like, because it's not a, like you said, it's not a this money in, this money out, but like mm-hmm. looking at your life, being trained to like look at the things around you and see the, how God is blessing you, um, not just financially, but in every avenue of life. Amen. Living with an attitude of gratitude. That is right. And it rhymes, so it must be right. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up like faithful and a little stuff, because like I, I think about that a lot. Um like every moment is a test. 
Like, are you being faithful with, because there's a temptation to say like, God, I only have a hundred dollars. I'm sure you won't miss that 10. But God will never give you $100,000 if you are not faithful with $100. Like every moment is a test and every moment he is looking for faithfulness. And, and when you are being faithful with the little, that's how you get more. Um, I think of like a big part of what I do at this church is I have to take care of this group. I have to shepherd this group. And a part of that is growing this group. And so I love when people join the Apex family. Um, I came to a moment where like I have to be I have to take care of who I am, who is here before I, before I'm thinking about other people, before I'm thinking about growing the group. So now I don't pray, God, I just bring people here. I don't pray, God, add to our numbers, bring people through the doors. Like that's Mm -hmm. awesome. But he does that when he sees that we are faithful with the people we have. So I say, God, help us to be a place worthy of you growing. Help, uh, give me the wisdom to lead this group in a way that we care for people so well that they, they hear about us. They come, they're attracted here and you send people here because we can be trusted with um, what we can be trusted with those resources. We can be good stewards, like what we're talking about. That's it. That's awesome. Yeah, I think about David. He used to t- he used to be a shepherd boy. He took care of the sheep. That's great. He was faithful. He fought off the bears and the lions. God helped him, and then God made him king of Israel. So, and then he's fighting off giants, and then yeah. then he's fighting off entire nations because he was faithful in the little. That's good. Amen. So um, we're talking about like stewarding people. What is um, something biblical that you, you had something prepared um, that uh, in the, the, the vein of, I've been saying that a lot tonight, <laughs> on the topic of, of stewarding the people in our lives, um, what mm-hmm. does the Bible say about that? Well, um, about stewarding people, I would say basically when it comes to discipleship, it's not always pretty. It's not always neat and clean. Sometimes the people God has called us to love on. um, And honestly, listening is loving. And so sometimes you have that. You might have that really annoying friend who you loosely call a friend. And (laughs) they will not disconnect themselves from you, you know, as much as you might want it. Um, And honestly, maybe they're really needy. And what better way can you share the love of Jesus with that person, whether they're a believer or not, than by just being a listening ear, you know, being someone that they can confide in, you know. Um, discipleship is not easy. Look at Jesus when he was, he had his disciples, right, the 12 disciples. And I believe, was it James and John? They each said, you know, they asked a pretty immature question, yeah. you know, you know, uh, you know, Jesus, someday when you when you do go to heaven, when you uh, ascend your throne, can you put me on one side and my brother on the other? You know, <laughs> and they even had the audacity to get their mother <laughs> yep. for them. I would right? love to know if they sent their mother or if their mother was like that mom that was like, you taking care of my babies, Jesus? <laughs> I'd exactly. love to know. Exactly. It's like, Jesus, I, I know you're really busy, like healing, <laughs> healing people, like you know, setting people free of demons and stuff. But like, I just have this very petty request. <laughs> my babies. It's completely inconsiderate of all these other disciples that have given up all the same to follow you. But I'm just going to be petty in this way. And Jesus, you know, he answered in a kind way, but he just said, you know, hey, um, you know, that's kind of uh, ridiculous. You know, what did he say? I, I didn't read that verse. <laughs> but... I'm sure he was super kind. I'm not going to pretend and make stuff up. So. 
I'm, I'm not gonna guess, but I'm not gonna guess, but I think I know. But yes, he was very kind in that moment, and uh, yeah. I would not have been. <laughs> so you have something in Luke that you brought. Um, yes. they love one another. So would you talk to us about that? That's right. Yeah. So it's actually in John. Oh right, right. right. John thirteen. Um, you know, John thirteen thirty four through thirty five. You know, he says, "A new command I give you: love one another." As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Just, oh man, honestly, just being in Pennsylvania, I was recently like speaking at a bunch of churches and stuff. And and I just felt like God just telling me, listen, you need to love my church. Hmm. You know, love the church, love my bride. Um, because let's be honest, not all the people we meet, even in our own church are exactly kosher all the time. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's messy. I mean, huh? It's messy. Like you said, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's some, you know, uh, James and John moms out there, you know, who can just be really petty and, yeah. um, but really it's just loving people because, that's that's what God does. He yeah. loves us. He loves us in spite of ourselves, you know. Um, and that means like, hey, you know, maybe your pastor preached something that, you know, you didn't quite agree with or, you know, it, it's not being um, a person who complains, you yeah. know, behind the pastor's back, you know. Yeah. Um, it's not com- about com- uh, complaining about, you know, youth group, about how the format was lame, you know, and you wish it would have been more this way. It's about really the jokes weren't funny. Oh my goodness. You know, the missionary talked too much. <laughs> Classic. You know, this guy was like 30 years old living in his parents, you know, house. It was just, actually, I'm 28 to be, to be, you know, specific. and yes, this is my parents' house. I do pay rent, but yeah. So, you know, really being being willing to just roll your sleeves up yeah. and not um, just be a complainer. That's great. Because when we look at it, complaining is part of the reason the uh, Israelites had to wander in the sure. desert for 50 years because they just kept complaining. They didn't so. have the eyes to see the blessings around them. That's good. Amen, yeah. So we have had like the practical application of this has kind of been uh, all throughout. We've kind of taken moments each each topic to go there. Is there any other application that you can think of that we haven't talked about yet um, of how this truth that God is speaking to you now is something that applies to the lives of the people in this room? I would say um, also really living as uh, living sacrifices, Mm -hmm. you know, to God. Um, When God, when we get saved, we don't just get saved from our sin and from eternal damnation. You know, if you're not saved to something, all those things you used to deal with, you know, it's just going to come back, right? You have to be full of something, right? And if it's not full of the Holy Ghost, then just like Jesus talked about, you know, if a per, if a demon gets cast out of someone, it's, it'll wander for a while, but then it'll say, hey, that place I came out of, it's still empty, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's going to invite its friends and that person's going to be even more possessed than they were before. And the same is true with sin in our lives. You know, if we, if we get saved from maybe we have self-destructive behavior, you know, maybe there's some kind of addiction we deal with, um, some, you know, some sin, but we're not really full of the Spirit as Christians, and we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to just 
completely fill us with whatever he sees fit, then um, we're really we're going to continue being empty and we're going to continue to struggle. So um, we really have to be full of the Spirit, people who are full of the Spirit. That's good. One, one of the ways we process that in here is that Jesus did not just die on the cross, but he came back to life three days later. And so we're not just yeah. saved from sin, but we are saved to something greater. Amen. That's real good. I agree. Thank you, brother. Dear Lord, um, I pray for Apex right now, and Lord, and, and this youth group. Lord, I pray that you just encourage them right now with what they've heard. Lord, I pray that you would speak to them things that I didn't even share tonight. Lord God, things that are directly from you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would just guide them, Lord. Guide their hearts as they're really trying to be obedient to your Holy Spirit, God. Use them, guide them. May we all be living sacrifices for your use, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother.